to all Venn alumni and friends. This is Julia and Sam Bloor welcoming you to Venn Lockdown Radio. Yes, welcome back to Venn Lockdown Radio. This is our fifth program, Jules. Wow, time flies, doesn't it? Does does fly when you're in lockdown, level three. And as we make that transition, we are going to be moving to fortnightly programs of Lockdown Radio. And so we thought it was a good time to just recap what it's all about, uh, why we got it up and going, and why we're wanting it to sort of continue on. Mm. And one of the reasons that we actually started Venn Lockdown Radio was just to continue that sense of connection and community through being able to hear the voices of alumni, um, people that we know, and find out what it is that they've been up to and what it is that they're doing in lockdown. And we've had great feedback That's around right. that. People yeah, yeah. love people hearing. Loved hearing the stories, loved the connection, uh, loved finding out not just how people are sort of coping with the lockdown changes and the things that are ongoing, but also what they've been up to since they last caught up with them. Sometimes it's been up to a decade since they caught up. That's right. And so we thought that um, we would continue doing that, but we will be moving, like Sam said, to a fortnightly pattern. Yeah, that's right. And the other great thing that we can do on Lockdown Radio is actually to showcase what's coming up in Common Ground as well and to chat to some of the authors from that, some of the folks from staff, people who are writing pieces for that, some of the uh, artists and others who are contributing uh, to what's going on. So that's been a great thing as well and thanks for your feedback on that too. Another thing that we did talk about doing on Venn Lockdown Radio is reading out funny memes that, that we, we had come across. across. That's right. We yep. haven't done it every week. No. But I think we should do it now. Yeah, in fact, <laughs> I'm writing the staff note this week, and one of the things I'm actually going after in the Common Ground, which is coming out this coming Saturday, is actually injecting some fun into it. So realising that there is much to be sober about and even sombre about in this time, but actually looking for the fun moments. We haven't been doing this weekly, but we've found a couple now and we'll try and hunt out a few more. Have a listen to this. Dear Netflix. Can you please turn off the Are You Still Watching feature? We are in quarantine, so yes, we are still watching. I don't think we need this kind of judgment in this time of uncertainty. Please update it to, are you sure you want to eat that? This would be more helpful. That's awesome. So great. And speaking of eating, uh, someone here with the meme, grocery shopping has become a real life version of Pac-Man. Avoid everyone, get the fruit, and take any path to avoid contact. <laughs> so good. And they've got great little images with them. One more. My mum always told me I wouldn't amount to anything lying on the sofa, and yet here I am, saving the world. Awesome. <laughs> hey, what have we got coming up in the programme this week? Well, I have to say, I'm very excited about chatting to Luke and Liv Fennick oh, and yes. meeting their little Jews. Very exciting. Yep, we're also going to be chatting to Annette McHugh, Nee Pereira. So was Annette Pereira and did the internship many years ago. She's been living in Australia for some time now. And so going to be chatting to her just a bit about the perspective over there. A lot of comparisons being made across the Tasman about how the different countries have responded to this crisis. Mm. 
And then we're also going to be talking with Lucy Collingwood, who is on staff at Venn and actually only just graduated from the, um, the fellowship last year. And so we're going to talk to her about flatting life during the lockdown, as well as um, two of her fellow fellows, Nat and Luke, who are also in flatting situations. Yeah, it's going to be a bit of an all-in conversation. And we'll finish up chatting with Olivia Byrne, but we're going to start, as we do, with Nathan. Hey, mate, how you doing? Good things, Sam. Hey, um, mate, you've got a lot on your on your plate, Ven wise, and I know uh, we seem to spend a lot of time in Zoom meetings, and there's a lot more that you've got going <laughs> as well. But what about outside of Ven? What other things have you been sort of involved in? Other conversations that you're having? Other organisations? Yeah, I mean, I can talk about perhaps a couple of things that I'm doing outside of uh, my work at Ven. One is. I'm, I'm a minister with uh, Te Tai the Pihopatanga, and uh, as part of my service there as a minister of the gospel in the Anglican Church, I'm currently doing uh, a sermon each week on a Thursday morning for part of their morning prayer. Uh, so they've got people from across the Pihopatanga uh, coming and watching that on, on Facebook participating in that and I do one of the sermons there they're doing that six times a week so it's a real joy to be part of that Um, and then one of the other things I'm quite involved with is parachute music they're doing an incredible job uh, with with musicians and um, in this time of of lockdown too they're having to be quite creative around what they're doing there so I'm, I'm privileged to sit on the board there and involved um, and contributing to to part of the, one of their programs, so those are two things that I'm involved with, and they they take a bit of time um, yeah, being involved yeah. with those because there's a regularity to it, in addition to, um, in, in addition to my pattern here at, at Venn. So you are having to uh, be. Last week we mentioned the, you know, church leaders up and down the country, men and women who are having to become sort of uh, TV presenters. You've had to do that, haven't you, mate? You've had to actually. <laughs> Filming a sermon, it's a, it's a, it's harder than it looks, eh? For all of us here at News Center 4, I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego. I have a new respect for, for Julia, actually. Um, <laughs> I always had a deep respect for her, but... Sure having, you did. <laughs> yeah, I did. Come on, Jules, you know that. Um, but it is interesting, preaching to a screen is... It, it's quite challenging actually because you don't have that interaction and you realize yeah, when you're yeah. preaching that you're feeding off what's going on yes. and you're responding actually to what you're you're seeing in the congregation and yeah, so I'm yeah. having to learn a new way of speaking um, I've had to buy software with a with a teleprompt which just seems crazy at one level but it's really helped me to be a, a lot more natural and engaged actually as I, yeah. as I, as I speak. So I'm having to learn the art of that. Not that I'm a natural um, at all by any means, but I think you can get better at it. And so yes. I'm, I'm learning to do that. Have you been doing anything creative with yourself? I know that I started out this lockdown period thinking I'm going to, I'm going to get my creativity on. I'm not sure I've succeeded. Have you done anything? Yeah, I have actually. For Christmas, I got a set of knives and uh, a canvas apron with the intention of doing some whittling. And I've finally got to that, actually, in the last month. So I've, I've whittled a butter knife and a spoon. 
And wow. I have to say, they actually, they don't look too bad for... No, that looks very good. I've, I've seen I've seen photographic proof. We might have to put it up on the website, mate. You'll uh, start <laughs> start a bit of a, a a thing going. It's been really good because I've been able to sit outside and with all the boys have been able to come around me. We've been able to have some conversations and then listening to a few few podcasts and some music as well. It's been it's been a real joy actually to do that in a way of just stepping outside of some of my other worlds for a while so i've appreciated that that time oh, whittling i'm also um retrieving my texan roots i was gonna say there is a there is a certain picture of the american guy in his overalls sitting on a rocking chair um out the front porch well i did live in i did live in dallas for three and a half years and uh, caleb is technically a texan so i think whittling is legitimate for me yeah, yeah. Totally. You can claim it. <laughs> Thank and, you. And yeah, and a welcome relief from the uh, from the Zoom calls. Um, totally. And so we should probably end this one so that you can get a little bit of whittling in before the close of play. <laughs> Thank you. See you later. <laughs> See you, mate. Thanks, Nathan. Take care. One of the comparisons that's being made increasingly in the media is the comparison between New Zealand's situation through lockdown and that of Australia. And we wanted to get a little bit of insight into that. And so who better to ask than one of our favourite Australians, and that's (laughs) Annette McHugh, Nee Pereira. Annette Pereira, you did the internship back in 2000 and was it eight? Yeah, I think that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Nice nice to have you on the program. It's lovely to talk to you guys. What is it that you have kept yourself busy with over the past 12 years since you did the internship? (laughs) Uh, Well, for the first couple of years, it was Maxim. So I stayed on staff for a few years. Uh, I can't remember exactly how many, but uh, worked for Maxim. And then in probably, I think it was about 2000. Ooh, 13, I moved to London and worked for a think tank in the UK called the Centre for Social Justice. That's right. At the end of that year, my dad got sick and that prompted me to move back to Australia and try and work out how to rebuild a life back here, uh, which was something that at the time was pretty uncomfortable. But um, I've been really, really grateful to be back here over the last, oh gosh, several years now. Uh, and yeah, in that time, I've worked for a couple of different not-for-profits, mostly in government relations roles, but also in fundraising roles. And uh, well, for the last 12 months or so, I've been working for a federal MP uh, in his electorate office. And yeah, and during that time too, to about nearly two years ago, I got married to Rowan. Hence the name change. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we, um, so where did you meet Rowan? Was that during the time in Canberra? Yeah. So when I first moved back to Australia, I moved to Canberra uh, and spent about 12 months there. Uh, and during that time, yeah, I met, I met Rowan when I was for not long after I moved to Canberra. Actually, Paul Henderson introduced us. Oh. Uh, 
Yeah. So Rowan was working for a senator and yeah, we met. I remember meeting him and sending some very panicked messages to Paul afterwards saying, was that a date? I don't know what I think if that's a date. I'm very confused. And messages (laughs) also to a couple of Kiwi friends saying, I don't know what to think. I don't know what to do with this. Um, But yeah, we, my dad died at the end of that year and I moved back to Sydney and we didn't really keep in touch. Uh, We'd sort of just met and hadn't spent that much time together. But a couple of years later, um, Rowan was in Sydney for an extended period of time and we caught up and yeah, started, started dating after that. Yeah. So what has um, your work looked like, say, just, you know, so prior to COVID uh, in it, but now with, with sort of COVID, what, what changes has that meant to you guys at, at work, but also at home so from the, in the Blue Mountains? How, how sort of shut down are things there? Yeah, so I think um, my sense from what I understand of your level three is that that's been basically what our version of isolation has been sort of at, at our most extreme level, which has been for the last few weeks now. Um, practically what that means is anybody who can't work from home is still uh, able to work, go to work. So obviously essential workers, but also if you're in a situation where for whatever reason you can't work from home uh, or your work requires you to be, be in the office, you go. Okay. Um, the way our work has managed that is that we've done a roster system. So I go into work uh, one to two days a week and then work from home the rest of the time. And my, uh, and Rowan is working, Rowan was already pretty much working from home. So he's still doing that. The nature of the work has changed quite a bit. So working for an MP, a lot of the work we were doing previously was around committees. So looking at issues particularly to do with, uh, for the MP I work for, for migration and also Indigenous affairs were taking up quite a bit of our time. Um, but yeah, now it's really electorate focused. So it's spending a lot of time trying to help people work out what kind of supports are available to them, uh, what the future might look like for them. It's really that, that being the conduit between the parliament and the electorate, which is actually I've thoroughly enjoyed. It's been a challenging at times, but a real privilege. Mm. And tell us a little bit about your, your commute just to... Um make those people in Auckland that spend half an hour in their cars feel a little bit better? Yeah, so because we moved up to the Blue Mountains at the start of the year, I'm travelling about an hour and 20 when I take when I drive each direction. And if I take the train, it's more like two, two and a half hours each way. Wow. So, yeah, not something that's particularly sustainable, but it is what it is for now. Yeah, and yeah. And probably a pretty good decision considering you're now almost in lockdown and spending a lot of time at home it must be better to be there than in a in an apartment in the city yeah it's been a really uh, I guess an unexpected um just uh, we're really grateful that we're up here because it lots of time in the garden it's a beautiful place to be very different to to what it would have been when we were living in a very small apartment yeah and it I mentioned at the start just about the comparisons being made across the Tasman and questions being asked, could we have maybe had a slightly less severe shutdown, particularly of some businesses which maybe could have continued sort of grumbling along without much sort of social contact and been safe enough to have kept going. And people saying, look, Australia seemed to have done it slightly better. What's your sort of sense in terms of how people on on the ground are feeling about 
the level of lockdown that you've had and what the effect has been on the economy and the sort of trade-off medically as well? Yeah, look, my sense is that, um, so there's certainly been uncertainty and debate about decisions the whole way through. But by and large, there's actually been a lot of support, I think, for the decisions that have been taken. Uh, we're a very different government system because we're federal. So we've got state governments, we've got a federal government. Uh, and we have different parties in government in different states. So the majority of states are actually Labor-led, even though the federal government is led by the Liberal Party uh, or the coalition. And that means they've established a national cabinet who have been making joint decisions. Uh, that there's still individual decisions that are taken at a state level and there's debate about those. So things like decisions like whether or not schools close are made by the state governments rather than the federal. But interestingly, there were some reports that came out, uh, the, the latest opinion polls are saying massive approval for pretty much everybody, <laughs> um, all the premiers and all the, and the prime minister at the moment for the way they've handled things. I find it a bit interesting, I have to say, I mean, certainly there's been a, lots of times in the last 12 months or so where the Australian press has been saying, why, don't, why can't we have Jacinda as our PM? There's been a lot of that. Half, half, the, half the world, it seems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do think that the comparisons are to some extent useful, but my sense is that the situations for different countries are so different because of population size. Yeah demographics, geography, you know, we've, we've got state borders to ask questions about. Um, we've got a lot fewer people coming into our country every day on normal, under normal operation than the US does. We've got much less density than places like New York. So I think the decisions that have to be taken are going to be different in different contexts is my sense. Um, but yeah, no, there's certainly, there's certainly been a lot of support for most of the decisions that have been taken here. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. 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 And I think too, it's, I mean, time will tell, but I think from the decision, the approach from here from pretty much day one was this is a joint, this is a dual, I don't know if they've used the word crisis, but basically a dual crisis. It's been, it's both a health crisis and an economic crisis. Um, so they've been trying to work out how to walk that road, I think, from the beginning uh, of recognising both at once and trying to keep, I mean, the Prime Minister said on a number of occasions, things like uh, every day that somebody keeps their job for a day longer, that's a good thing. Um, so that's been, they've been cognisant, certainly been cognisant of that from day one. But no doubt the economic consequences here are going to be enormous uh, as they are in other places. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, pretty hard to avoid that. <laughs> yeah. I think people are responding really differently to the isolation. So for some people, it's been extraordinarily challenging. For some people, it's almost been like there's almost a romanticism that's kind of grown around the simplicity and a different kind of way of life. I think it's going to be really interesting. I don't think we'll know for a long time what the social impact of it all is, but um one thing I've been struck by just from my work and from listening to all sorts of people from tractor salesmen who are impacted, you know, to people who run homestay businesses for international students, just 
the the interconnectedness of the economy and the interdependence that we have and that organic way that that happens, not through government design, but through just all the different kind of networks and connections has been, I think, quite amazing to see. And um, I think there's times where people, we're, we're tempted to go to this sort of, oh, we just need to simplify everything and go back to a kind of grow your own vegetables and make everything work that way. But uh, I think at the same time, this has been a time of really realising how, um, how, many, how far the ripple effects of, of uh, decisions that are taken in one place, how far they flow. Uh, yeah, I've, I've been amazed by just the small business owners and the people across the electorate who, um, yeah, who give people jobs. And I've, I feel like we've seen incredible goodwill, generosity, uh, just, yeah, some kind of really simple virtues displayed from people in all sorts of different corners, which has been really lovely. Yeah. Hey, Annette, thank you so much for joining us all the way from the Blue Mountains, chatting uh, such and, a, uh, and our little such wardrobe. A <laughs> Lovely to talk to you guys. It's and been... thanks for doing this. I've absolutely loved hearing people. Oh, good. I'm glad that you are loving it. We're loving doing it. <laughs> <laughs> such a treat. Thanks, Annette. See you, mate. Take care. edition of Common Ground, Lucy Collingwood wrote a great piece about flat life and we wanted to chat to her about that but then we thought well why stop it one person talking about flatting why don't we triple the trouble and so we've got two other people from her cohort which was the last cohort Luke Edwards and Nat Deshane are joining Lucy Collingwood. Hello guys, hey. nice to have you with us. Hello, so good to be here. <laughs> We might sort of intro you uh, quickly, sort of one by one. I might kick off by, um, you know, saying thanks for the piece, Lucy. Um, and we'll get to what flat life has been at a moment. But um, firstly, work-wise, you did your first shift back at Crave Cafe this morning. It's been a long day for you. You started early. What was today like? Yeah, it has back been a long day. Back on the tool, level three. Yes. So started, was at work by 6.30 this morning, um, first day. So the crew at Crave have done a great job just kind of rejigging the whole uh, cafe. And it's basically a different setup run differently because it's all just takeaway and contactless. Yeah, great day. So many people out and about. I'm sure lots of people saw it on their Instagram feeds and all that kind of jazz of people getting their first takeaway coffee in five months, five weeks. Um, yeah, so a good buzz in the air and just very busy we went through three batches of cheese scones we normally sell one batch of cheese scones yeah yep. new zealand's economy is looking good on the cheese sconometer i like the um, cheese scones there i understand that. yes <laughs> luke what is it that you've been up to since you finished the fellowship 
Yeah, so I um, made a return back to web development. Um, I've been doing that for five years before doing the fellowship. And then um, having been through the fellowship, reconfirmed that I still loved web development. So um, at a new workplace called uh, DNA, um, and they have an office in Wellington in Auckland, and I'm down here in Wellington. Wow. Great. And Nat, you went on to work with Scripture Union and doing overseeing a bunch of their camps and stuff. You were telling me earlier this week that all of the autumn camps had to get cancelled, but actually in the future with smaller camps, it's looking like you may be able to get some going if the levels continue to sort of improve, but also looking at virtual camps, like online camps. How do you have an online camp? <laughs> what does that mean? All the questions that we are asking ourselves right now. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> big questions of life. <laughs> yeah, at Scripture Union, we have a, a huge emphasis on connection to creation and being outdoors. And um, yeah, the online world doesn't really cater to that as we know it. And so it's gonna it's it's left a lot of room for innovation um, and collaboration, I think, with mm. different international organisations who are doing the same thing. Uh, but it's going to be breakout rooms and um, little challenges here and there and thinking about how we rethink community and, yeah, and do that on, on an online basis. Wow. Wow. So cool. And so to flatting, guys, because uh, this is what the uh, the main topic, um, Lucy, of your piece was and um, wanted to just hear um, what that has been like for you guys. So maybe, Lucy, if we start, start with you... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, tell us a bit about what it's been like in, in your flat. Um, maybe some of the stuff you've been doing to, to sort of pass the time or things to kind of act as um, sort of fun times or circuit breakers, but also some of the more intentional stuff you guys have been doing. Yeah, sure. Um, so there's me and two of my flatmates, um, one, an additional one. So there's normally four of us, uh, but she's gone to live with her mum at the moment. So the three of us um, have really, yeah, been spending pretty much 24-7 together, Um, which, yeah, has its beautiful times and has its tensions too, I think, uh, we would all say. Um, But we've had a lot of fun. I think we've connected in a lot more ways than um, we normally would, uh, just purely because of the fact that we're around each other and we are each other's, like, only people we can see. Um, We've done quite a few silly things. We have... um, got quite creative in terms of what we uh activities that we do so there's been a bit of cricket in the backyard with a rolling pin and a bouncy ball we um have been on lots of uh walks we spontaneously decided to cut each other's hair um and that was a lot of laughs do notice you've tied it up looking at zoom (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah that sombrero really covers yes yes we've also gone to hat making um Um, yeah, and we've done a lot of baking. A lot of baking and camping in the backyard is what um, I, th- I heard my Eden talking to you on the phone the other day, catching up with you and uh, yes. camping in the backyard. We did. That was our Easter weekend because we were all yeah planning on going away, but um, that obviously didn't happen. So we went away to our backyard. We put the tent about, about 10 minutes from the house as far as we could get. And we packed a bag. And weren't allowed back inside the house unless we were going to get food or use the bathroom or something like that. So great. Um, yeah. We started a, um, a sourdough starter 
which has been quite a journey. Um, yeah, of love and care of the sourdough starter. Um, but that has produced sourdough bread weeks later. It's been right. good. And, and Lucy, just out of curiosity, how many kgs of flour has your flat been through <laughs> during lockdown? Well, <laughs> random well uh, that is quite a random question, Jules. Um, <laughs> funny you should ask. Probably we're just bordering on 10 kgs. 10 kgs of flour. Yeah. And wow. then we've also realised, I was talking to them tonight, we've also gone through probably at least seven jars of peanut butter. Um, <laughs> I've done that too, actually. <laughs> between three of us. <laughs> Hey, what have been some of the more intentional things that you guys have put in place? Mm. Um, we have basically around our weekends was one of the things um, that we wanted to kind of make them different uh, to the rest of the week. Uh, so that's consisted of going on a big walk. Um, so either kind of up to, we went to Mangere Mountain or we went walk to One Tree Hill. And just basically that's the main activity for the day. Um, and walking and talking, so that's been a point of connection. Um, and also um, having brunch on a Saturday was the other thing, so it'd make something from scratch um, and be intentional about that uh, time together and connecting um, over food. Now, Nat, you uh, you guys have started your own Instagram account and everything, like you've, you've, you've more or less blown up the internet. Yeah, call us influencers. Um, that's where we're heading. <laughs> There's six of us in our flat, and so that's a lot of ideas to be circulating, um, especially if anyone's an avid follower of the Enneagram um, school of thought. We've got two sevens in the mix, oh, nice. and so it's just activity like. central. A lot of fun. We've got a lot of, we have a spreadsheet of activities that we want to be achieving. And yet we have room for spontaneity. So everything we do will just be like, oh, let's do this. Okay. Yep. Everyone everyone on board. So it's um, making forts and dance parties and copious amounts of cricket. And you don't often hear the word spontaneity and spreadsheet in the same sentence, but no, I'll, I'll, I'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> Anything is possible. <laughs> Got some, maybe some ones in there as well, not just the sevens. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, it is a diverse crowd. Um, <laughs> um, uh, yep, and just lots and lots of food. Um, so that's what, yeah, we try and balance that out with, you know, eight-minute abs in the afternoon and lots of sport, <laughs> um, every sport under the sun almost. Um, and we've been, yeah, celebrating hard. And have you guys put anything in place to like points of connection or any sort of rhythms practices that you've been intentional about? Yeah, absolutely. I think we've all we've cultivated a commitment to our our spiritual lives together as a community, and we did that from um, yeah before we went into lockdown, which I really appreciated. We just had that discussion. Um, and from that, we, yeah, we gather together every morning at 10.30 for morning prayers um, and through that do things like Lectio Divina or 10 minutes of silence or a worship song um, together. And so that's every day. And then um, on Sundays, we try and keep that aside to have a proper church service. So we're um, joining in online um, and as well as that, like one of us will do a reflection and we'll sing some songs together um, so have some live music uh, in the living room, uh, which is really lovely. Cool. Um, I think the most significant time for us was the Easter long weekend. 
we had on Thursday, um, Monday, Thursday, we had a last supper in the evening together. Um, on Good Friday, we had a liturgy that we went through um, for a good hour. And then Easter Sunday, we did a dawn service at a lookout nearby that we could walk to and then just made that a big day of celebration. And so had a feast and had Easter and Easter egg hunt. And um, yeah, I think really stepped into the narrative of scripture through through that as well, which was yeah really significant. I think even as we developed relationships with each other um, to have the fun and the light alongside the depth of um, yeah our spiritual lives and just yeah our struggles. I think we've been very real with each other. Really appreciated that. Do you feel like it's changed like the culture or your connections with the people you're living with at all? Being more intentional about the spiritual side of things. Yeah, definitely. I think you open yourself up to a whole different type of vulnerability um, when you're when you're in front of them and, and praying even, you know, praying out loud. I think that's a different type of vulnerability to even sharing struggles. Um, and I think that's brought us, yeah, definitely closer as a group. And um, I think has opened up uh, room for conversation about, you know, like even asking the hard questions of each other um, to understand where we're coming from or yeah just get the sense of who we are and what each of us brings to to this community that we've yeah really intentionally tried to um, push into and how many cages of flour do you guys reckon you've gone through (laughs) well there are six of us irrelevant point (laughs) yeah we maybe halfway through i so we had um Kate and Paul come in from Gilmore's, which is like, I think, a bulk food place. Um, and they were, Paul's a builder. And so you regularly expect to see him with, you know, tools or building equipment. And he had just like this bag of concrete over his shoulder and it was just like walking into the house. It's like 20 kilo bag of um, concrete, but it was actually flour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like absolutely huge. I mean, to like go and buy big containers for it and so we're actually almost through all of the yeah the 20 kilos wow almost 20 kilos (laughs) 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 come get us (laughs) luke what's your um flatting life been like over the lockdown uh considerably exclusion filled i haven't seen (laughs) oh sad (laughs) we're only through maybe two kgs um consists of uh two other guys um and so i don't think we have quite the baking prowess as the other two either um but yeah uh it's been uh quite interesting actually um being uh quarantined with your two best friends um or like two really good friends that you've had for quite a while um because uh it's sort of just like you get to spend every day with um people that you really want to hang out with and um, do life with. Um, The the dynamic's been quite different because I'm working from home and uh, the other two have jobs that they aren't able to do over this time um, and have only um, just started doing today. That being said, I think um, routines have been important in that um, we use the the meal as a way of um, uh, dinner being uh, sort of a... uh, sort of cornerstone as as to coming back together and um spending time together and making sure um that we are checking up on how each other's going and um things like that so that's been a big one 
um, played lots more board games. Um, we're, we're all relatively introverted, I think. Um, and so uh, we have to have ways of um, fostering connection um, through a medium, I guess. And so um, board games is a good way to do that. Um, but, uh, I think that's been the thing, I think, for me, has been trying to encourage it in ways that um, happen more naturally and to sort of cater towards the others because I don't think I could quite pull off um, uh, backyard camp, uh, camp outings. <laughs> and, um, I think that's one of the beautiful things about this time is it creates space for the spontaneous to happen, for conversations to pop up spontaneously, for board games to happen spontaneously, whereas normally we'd be quite routined and rhythmed in our life that we couldn't just do those things with our fake mates. Uh, like we were sitting on the couch the other day and having, we just kind of fell into a conversation. Um, that was actually really great because we ended up talking about kind of how we communicate with each other and um, just listening to different people's perspectives. But if we hadn't just sat there on the couch chilling out, we would never have fell into that conversation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like there's quite a great mix of those like go with the flow moments and then things that you've actually all been really intentional about which is really inspiring because you could just sit through lockdown and just um, not even think twice about it just do what you've got to do but you guys have actually all been really intentional about making the most of the time that you've got so I'm leaving this conversation feeling very inspired thank you no No worries worries. been great to chat to you guys yes see you guys Bye. Bye. It sucks we're all just stuck in quarantine. And I'll just see you soon, my friends, as soon as we win. I'll be there for you to make sure grandma's okay. We mentioned last week that we have got a new staff baby at Venn, which we were very excited about. Luke and Liv Fennick have welcomed little Jude onto the team, and we've got them here with us right now to talk to us about life with a new baby in lockdown. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi there, Jules. (laughs) How are you feeling? Gosh, there must be so many feelings and so much sleep deprivation. (laughs) Absolutely. No, we're doing really well. We're now day 10 and starting to settle into, you know, some something of a rhythm, which is really lovely. We at the night feeds and settling, um, the nappy changing, the dodging, the arc of golden triumph heading our way. That <laughs> That's <of> right. <laughs> yeah. But fun learning curve. He's a he's a big fella. Like we keep calling him Little Jude, but he was he was big, Liv, eh? So give us a um, feed again, just like his his birth weight and and just what he is now. He's um he's feeding well, eh? Putting on the weight. He really is. So he clocked in. He's ninety sixth percentile, um, clocking in at four point two kgs. And wow. whilst it typically takes I think a couple of weeks for a baby to regain the birth weight, he had done that in five days. Oh, so, wow. like okay. his father, we've got an overachiever on our hands. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can we re-record that, that part? 
<laughs> no, we can't re-record that, Luke. That stays, <laughs> that stays part of the program. Hey, you guys didn't know whether you were having a boy or a girl. How did it feel when he was born and you and you discovered that you had a son? Um, so I was in the operating theatre. Um, and it, it, it's actually, very, as you probably know, like it's very difficult to describe, I think. Like it was a whole complex set of emotions. Um, I'm not especially good with blood, it's fair to say. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and so there was... Yeah, like obviously joy there, but but also sort of um, I was feeling a bit lightheaded. Um, <laughs> I had voices in my head saying, you know, skin on skin, skin on skin. Um, right, yes. How can I, how can I put my hands on this little guy? Um, yes. And so and so there was it was it was sort of this this complex sort of cocktail of emotions, but absolutely overjoyed. Um, I mean, we would have been overjoyed with a girl as well. Yes, but, um, yeah, true. Very special to, um, to have Jude. Yeah, I remember just lying there. I couldn't see anything. I was trying to sort of connect eyes with Luke to, to see what was going on and just heard the obstetrician say, it's a baby boy. And I just remember these tears of joy just streaming out the corner of my eyes. And the anaesthetist said, I'll get you, get you some tissues. <laughs> oh, um, wow. And then later just, yeah, trying to hear his, his cry and follow him around the room. I, I hadn't clapped eyes on him yet. So it was um, incredibly joyful and couldn't wait to meet him. Mm. Such an amazing experience, eh? Now, our, our reaction has uh, had to sort of come to you guys virtually. You know, we've been sort of sending texts or phoning to get some updates. How has it felt um, connecting with people through this kind of strange time, but at a time where you've got, you know, this, this wonderful news to share? Um, Sam, I think that's probably been one of the, the real highlights, actually. Like, it, it's been an incredibly beautiful time of connecting with people, reconnecting um, with people and, and, and doing that on the occasion of new life. Like there's something about the good news of, of new life that has um, given life to actually a lot of our relationships with mm. people local and, and people abroad. Um, so both of us took the opportunity to get back in touch with um, a lot of people from um, the course of our lives, really. Um, and to hear yeah. back from certain people from overseas, particularly whom I hadn't been in contact with for a long time was, was very special. Um, mm. So an example would be um, my doctoral supervisor um, who, um, yeah, I hadn't spoken to her for a number of years and, She's still in the UK. Um, she's retired now. She still does a bit of li little bit of work for a university in London. Um, but she she that she said Luke exclamation mark. Um, this is the best news uh, I've heard uh, in weeks, or this is the best email I've received in weeks. Um, yeah. And for someone who has made understatement uh, an art form, <laughs> in fact was you know incredibly sharp but but very tough um yes. it was it was it was a very special um message and it's yeah. actually special to share it with Liv as well so that's an example of just just reconnecting with people when she was um also really interested in, in what i've been up to and, and those sorts of things so just sort of opening a door to a hopefully a, a reconnection and um and, and renewing that relationship so it's been beautiful oh that's great 
Who have you guys got in your bubble? Have you got um, people there helping out? So we were able to expand our bubble to my parents who live actually literally about 500 metres down the road around the corner, which is handy. Um, although they, they tended to cuddle and, and then sort of um, wedge away fairly promptly after so they didn't get the memo about staying to clean the house. Uh, <laughs> it was really nice. Meeting the grandparents at that moment was really yes. special. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and conversely, really, really tough not to be able to introduce in person due to Luke's parents and family. So we made do with a virtual Zoom toast um, <laughs> and we'll just be thrilled to one day be able to do that in person. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the more emotional moments for me was in birth care um, when we had mum and dad on on the phone call and on FaceTime and, and just actually taking the camera up to Jude and showing them Jude actually brought tears to my eyes and just seeing their reaction um, oh. and, and their words. Um, oh. It was pretty powerful. Yes. You're bringing tears to my eyes just telling that the story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, it is neat. I mean, you're, you're right, Luke. It's it's good news that just sort of um, it, it it blows old categories apart, doesn't it? Um, in some ways. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty pretty neat. Uh, one of the things I used to pride myself on, guys, with ours was uh, getting that meal roster to last as many weeks as I could. Um, <laughs> I'd try to spin the meals out, and you know, let them last, freeze some, eat half, freeze some for later. How are you guys going on meals, given some of the restrictions? Well, it's actually one of the upsides of the bubble, of course, is that many local businesses have um, had to put extra effort into going online. So we've got, what is it, Jess's Underground Kitchen, uh, Village Kitchen's another one. And yeah, we're thrilled that Uber Eats has just come back online. So yes. we're supporting the local businesses. Hey guys, it's been so great chatting with you and uh, people will be thrilled to hear your voices. Um, not much out of uh, Jude, it must be said, but he'll he'll get there. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's well asleep at the moment, actually. Um, he's just been feeding. <laughs> oh, nice. It's so lovely to hear from you and um, I can't wait for lockdown to be over so that I can come and visit and lay eyes on him myself. Yes, looking forward to meeting Auntie Jules and Uncle Sam. Very much so. <laughs> Thanks, guys. See ya. See you later. later. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, my gosh. Was that a little coup? A little goodbye coup from Jude at the Maybe end there? Maybe it was. Hang on. Let's have another listen to that. It yes, was. I think it was. Oh, my heart. <laughs> yeah. So sweet. I imagine he is a little louder than that on occasion, though. That was quite <laughs> restrained, I thought. I think so, yeah. <laughs> One of the things Luke was telling me last week was that he was very glad that Jude missed being born on Hitler's birthday by a few hours. Yeah, something only that <laughs> someone who specialises in German history would know, but I imagine pretty relieved. But I said to Luke in response that I think he's going to be treating you like a little Hitler before you know it. And oh. he said, yep, that's happening already. Yeah, well, they do have us wrapped around their little fingers, these little people, don't they? Indeed. I think we'll all agree that there is no better way to finish off lockdown radio each week than to be talking to the lovely Olivia Byrne. <laughs> Liv, how are you going? Oh, what a what an intro. Thanks, Jules. Thanks, Sam. Nice to see you guys. You too. What have you got coming up for us this week in The Common Ground? Yeah, well, this week, um, 
We've actually curated this edition around something that a lot of us have actually already experienced or felt in lockdown. Um, the theme for this week is lament and grief. And it's something that um, people have experienced with um, weddings being postponed, um, mm. plans being changed for some people experiencing serious illness, um, suffering, uh, economic shifting circumstances. Um, and we are wanting to, we wanted to time this, this theme well, um, mm. so that it would actually be a source of hope and comfort and support for people. Mm. Um, so that's why this week we we've curated this edition around the theme with, um, John Dennison writing our feature article to kind of frame what lament and what grief actually is mm. and um, some of the understandings of it. So it sounds, it sounds um, heavy and I think in some ways it's probably appropriate. Um, but we're also going to, we're going to counter that with some pieces on hope and what we can look forward to even amidst um, some of the lament and grief that some of us mm. are feeling. Yeah. Yeah, so with that in mind, uh, we've also got a piece, um, John, out of his feature article, he's, article he's going to be writing this week's weekly practice. We also have Danielle Mitchell, who is married to one of our internship alumni, Jo Mitchell, and she's going to be mm. producing this week's art reflection. Oh, wow, nice. cool. Yeah. Which, which is going to be really wonderful. She's a, a great drawer, a really deep thinker as well. Um, and then we've got Janae Goodhall, who's married to Donald Goodhall. She's going to be writing this week's Families in Lockdown piece. Oh, um, awesome. Yeah, it's going to be, it is going to be great. They've got four kids at home, and uh, I think it's a full house, so I think there will be some fun reflections coming out of that. Oh, yeah, oh, I'm awesome. sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've also got Sam, the one and only Sam oh, me? Who, me? <laughs> <laughs> you know you're supposed to be doing this, babe. <laughs> How long have I got, Liv? How long have I got? <laughs> 24 we cut, hours, Sam. We cut this now. Cut this conversation now. <laughs> got some writing to do? Yeah, no, I've had a few thoughts, Liv. Yeah. Yep. So Sam, Sam's doing our staff note, a nice little reminder for you there. Um, and, then, and then we've also got um, Donald Goodhall creating a bit of a surprise for um, our audio series for this week. Cool. All awesome, right. Liv. Hey, enjoyed your piece on Bonhoeffer. Um, oh, I'm you. quoting him this week. So the, <laughs> Bonhoeffer. The it all Hoff, flows down. The Hoffer's in the house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Liv, thanks so much for chatting with us. Oh, thanks for having me. You guys are doing a wonderful job. So keep up the great work. <laughs> See ya. Well, that's it. We're done. That is it. We are done. I hope that you are experiencing at least a little more freedom in level three. That's right. If Maybe if you haven't braved a drive through queue yet, this could be the weekend to treat yourself and do it. Oh, my Just goodness. do a little bit of something for you. <laughs> Good luck with choose, that. <laughs> choose your unhealthy food of choice and just wait as long as it takes. See you next time. Kiwis love hot pools, rugby balls, McDonald's, snapper schools, Quilpies, Woolly Fleece, Ronald and Raising Beast, Chili Bins, Cricket Wins, Fasties, Gold Teas, Silver Ferns, Carry Trees, Kiwi Burger, love one please. With a slice of Waddy's Beetroot, 100% pure beef patty and an egg from Farmer Brown, it's the original Kiwi Burger. Swan rice, butterflies, mustard, fishing flies, hokey pokey, Mari Haka, Kiwi Burger, that's a tucker. La, la, la.